Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Raines, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Hello, lovely ladies. I hope you're doing wonderful. I am just so excited to be starting this Exodus um, study with you. Exodus is really special to me. So about 10 years ago, when God called me to go to India on a mission trip, I did not want to go. I just had no desire to go. And through that whole process of going, I shared my testimony I knew that I came back totally transformed and knowing that God wanted me to do something for his kingdom. But I really thought at the time I was serving on all these secular boards, well, great boards. I was involved in Boys and Girls Clubs and American Heart Association and all these great organizations. But I knew that he'd called me to do something else. So I listened and I waited and I also started saying no started to really pay more attention to exactly what God was calling me to do because my heart is to help, help, help. And I love helping great organizations, but God wasn't calling me to do some of the things that I continued to do because I wanted to help. He said, I want you to back up and I want you to just pay attention and I want you to wait a bit. And I had sold my business already. I had a little piece of it. And it was during that whole time, that whole season in 2007, I just gone through a horrible divorce. I was at my lowest peak ever. And he calls me on a mission trip. And then he calls me, I rededicated my life to him. I'm like, okay, God, I'm yours. And I surrendered finally to him. And boy, did things start happening in my life. Some of them, I was not prepared. <laughs> One of them was going to India, where he then, I came home knowing that I was supposed to do something else. And I went back to nursing. I had not practiced as a nurse in years. Did that, was waiting, just waiting on God. In the meantime, he called me to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I was like, Climb Mount I don't even know where that's at. I've never climbed a damn mountain. That was not my passion. A lot of women involved in the Freedom Climb, they were combining their passion of mountain climbing with the purpose. And that's awesome. That was not this girl. This girl was all about luxury. I had even dated someone who said, do you want to go camping? I'm like, uh, yeah, I like at the risk Carlton. I was so, so, so stuck in my ways. And I'm saying that transparently because my my priorities were not necessarily where they needed to be. And I believe that's why God called me to Exodus and called me to study. And it was about right at 10 years ago when he called me to also lead the Freedom Climb right after that mission trip, shortly after that. And after I did Kilimanjaro, um, God like rocked my world and said, you're going to keep climbing mountains. I'm like, oh no, no, Lord, I gave all my equipment away. When I, when I got off of Mount Kilimanjaro the first time, I gave all my equipment away. And that was right at 10 years ago today. I was like, I am not doing that. I am not climbing again. I hated this. This was miserable. Never again. And um, what happened? He says, oh, sweet girl, you make your plans. But let me just tell you, this is what I want you to do. And I was very passionate about the cause. I was very passionate about helping to end human trafficking. I'm very passionate about helping oppressed women and children because 
I experienced that as a child myself. And that's what I believe that many, many, many women have experienced as well. And I believe that's part of the reason that the Lord has called me to Masterpiece Women. It's because he wants every one of his girls to know that they are a masterpiece. And I know he wants the boys to know too, but he's called me specifically to help women because I've been there, done that. And I still do. We're all human. And so I'm excited to study Exodus with you because Exodus is all about freedom. When you think about Exodus you th and you look in the word of God, it's all about freedom. And he wants his girls to be free. He wants us to be free. He wants us to hear him clearly. And in Exodus, you'll see so many examples of how he teaches us about leadership, how he teaches us about waiting, how he teaches us about trusting him, believing him, listening to that step-by-step -step instruction. Um, it's so vivid how he gives so many very explicit instructions that I believe that you and I oftentimes don't pay attention to those explicit instructions and he's giving them to us so that we can be free so that we can do what he's called us to do, such as in you know Ephesians 2.10. He wants us to know we're a masterpiece. He wants us renewed in Christ and he wants us to do the plans that he has for us so long ago. He has plans for us. He already planned it for us. So he'll, because he planned it, he'll give us everything we need. And I think that you'll see most oftentimes he shows us those things in the waiting and look at Moses, how long he waited. But yet in that wait, in that transition, he mentored him into becoming the CEO of all of Israel. He just gives so many multitude of signs and um, wonders and exodus. And I believe that he wants us to see all those signs and he wants to see all those wonders because he's a God of power. We can go to him, we can trust him because his power is enough. His strength is enough for us. So I'm excited. I hope you're as excited as I am about this chapter and about this book because it's so powerful and real freedom comes when we are in that intimate place with the Lord, when we're experiencing that intimate relationship with him. So I'm going to encourage you to get in the word, to journal, to write out what God shows you on a daily basis. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love for you to send me an email. Show me, tell me what God's showing you in his word, because I believe he's going to do a great work in all of us as we walk through and navigate through this beautiful book in the word that really goes back to all about real freedom, because that's where it starts. And I think about Moses, and um, <laughs> I remember when God called me to do the freedom climb, I felt very much like Moses when he said, God, me? Who, me? You're calling me? Because that's how I felt when he called me to this. Then when he called me to Masterpiece, I swore I'd never do another ministry after the experience I had last time. You know, I'm just going to say Christianity is messy, and sometimes organizations don't necessarily do things the way you might want them to do it. And God uses it all. I mean, that's just life. And so when I walked away from there, I was like, I'm never doing this again. And God said, oh no, girl, I have a calling on your life. I have a calling. I want you to go help women be free. I want you to help women build businesses for the kingdom. I want to glor you to glorify me and all that you do. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'll do that, but I don't want to do it. I want, I, ah. <laughs> so that's how I felt when he called me to lead Freedom Climb. It was totally outside of my wheelhouse. 
and he gave me Kathy Anderson and um, she's up in heaven, heaven down, looking down on us now, I know. And she was such a beautiful partner and God gave me her. She was my Erin. Um, she was so incredible. She had the vision from God to, she went to face her fears. She went and climbed Mount Whitney. And um, because that was the only thing she could think of that was still holding her back was fear of heights. So she actually began that whole ministry, not because she was looking to climb mountains to free the enslaved, but because she was going out to do what God called her to do was face your fear. Your last thing that's holding you in bondage is the fear of heights. Go face it, go break it. Let me break it from you. And so she went with her husband and God and walked and did Whitney and achieved it. And she, I remember her sharing about those moments and how incredible they were for her because she had faced her fears. And from that, from that place forward, as she came off that mountain, God downloaded this whole vision for her to climb for the oppressed, go climb for the oppressed, go climb for the oppressed and enslaved. And so she's like, well, how do I do that? Right? What happened? Her husband worked for a um, operation mobilization. And so he went to the leadership and said, Hey, we want to do a mountain climb for the oppressed and enslaved. And they're like, no, <laughs> finally God revealed to one of the leaders. Yes, we should be doing this. And um, so they started the climb. It really wasn't an initiative of OM. It was Kathy's initiative, but because her husband worked for OM, they embraced it and they and that's how the freedom climb started and so i was one of the climbers the first year and um i still had a lot of brokenness and i remember so many of those mountain climbs just god wrecking me and showing me more and more and peeling away more and more layers of me and giving me very specific instructions and he led me to exodus in that season, I believe, because he wanted me to hear that. And so there's something God wants you to hear in this season as well. And I'm going to encourage you to just read each chapter, seek his, seek his wisdom in each one, pray, ask him to show you before you start. And let's, let's just get going in um, Exodus because it's so powerful. And um, one of the things, if you look in Exodus, the Greek word to start with for Exodus is way out. They were looking for a way out. And, uh, you know, the first 15 chapters or so of the book actually begins with the Hebrews needing a way out, doesn't it? They're trying to get out of Egypt. They're trying to get out and be free. And what's happening? The Egyptians are like, no, 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 you have to stay. You have to stay. We're not going to release you. And they're trying everything to hold them back. They're killing their children. They're you name it, they're trying to do it to hold them back. They're keeping them as slaves. And then you look at the last chapters and you realize they needed more than freedom from Egypt. They needed freedom from themselves. They need freedom from bondage. They need freedom from sin. And so we're going to take it bit by bit and just look at that and how God really does um, bring them out of that, how he gives them the breaks, their bondage breaks, their um, sin and how he reveals himself so clearly to them. So, and he just is so magnificent and I'm just so thankful that we're here. So chapter one, chapter one, I'm going to encourage you, if you don't have one of these Bibles, a lot of what you're going to hear me read from is the Maxwell Leadership Bible. And I do because it goes, I'm a John Maxwell coach and speaker. Of course, I love, love, love everything about John Maxwell's, um, 
leadership style. I love what he wants to do in the world. I love the transformation that he wants to see in the world. I love the leadership that he teaches and the 21 laws of leadership. I'm a coach for that and you know many other programs that he has. And I, I just think they're invaluable when it comes to really understanding leadership. So if you haven't read the book, read the book. And um, in this book, in this um, John Maxwell study Bible, it's really powerful because each chapter, they talk about what are the laws of leadership that you see? Who do you see stepping up as a leader and being a true leader in, in the Bible in each chapter? So when I read, you're going to often see me and hear me um, reading from the John Maxwell um, book of leadership. Well, it's called actually the Maxwell Leadership Bible. So I'm just going to encourage you that um, that you get that. So I want to start. There's such great stuff in chapter one. I believe that if you look at all the promises God's made to the patriarchs years earlier, that the Lord, remember, he had promised Abraham. What did he promise him? He promised him that his descendants would be a great nation living in freedom in the land of Canaan. But if you really were looking at, you're going, how is that possible? Looking at what it looked like. And that's oftentimes where God gives us a promise and we're like, well, how is that going to happen? Like, it seems like it's not even real. But in Exodus um, 1, verse 8 to 14, let's look at how his power is moving. So God's power. Then a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. They were so fearful that they were going to be overtaken. They were so fearful that if they kept growing, they would lose out on everything, that they would take over and they would... Um, they would take over the country. So, so much of what they did, well, all of what they did was all out of fear that they were going to conquer. And all they really wanted is just to be free. They weren't asking, they just let us be free, but they would not do that. So, and if you look back and you, you know, you correlate the, the scriptures in Genesis, and um, it talks about how um, God's promises were, were going to be revealed. And then you look at this and how God then makes reveals himself in these ways because this new king he was so fearful he was so scared and um you see in chapter one that the pharaoh just wasn't happy he wasn't happy because they were growing he wasn't happy because he was afraid they were going to take things over and what does he start doing he starts afflicting the adults doesn't he then what does he do after that then he starts afflicting in 1 1 15 to 21 you see him then afflict afflicting the um children He's, he tells the midwives, kill all these babies that are born. In this third step, he tells them, drown the babies when they're born. Like he's saying, kill all the Jewish boys, drown all the babies that are born that are male, just get rid of all of them. And the midwives are like, no, we're not doing that. We're not going to do that. The midwife said, no, we're going to obey our God. And how often do we get instructed to do things or society says to do something and we're like, no, I'm choosing to serve God. I'm choosing to do what God's called me to do. I'm choosing the right path. Even when it's not easy, I'm choosing that path. God blessed the midwives in that season. I believe he's going to bless us in this season as well, because we are choosing to do what God's called us to do. We're choosing to do things God's way.
And so I want you to think about what is it that God's calling you to do? What are some choices that you've made in your past that were God saying, make this choice where the, in the natural or society might have told you, no, choose this way, but you chose God's way. What does he choose asking you to choose right now? Think about it, write it down, get your journals out, write down. What is he showing you today? How does he want you to choose him over the world? How does he want you to choose his calling over what's comfortable? How does he want you to choose to get out of your fear so you can step into whatever he's calling you to do, whether it's a new business, a new ministry, a new calling, a new job, whatever that is. I love hearing the stories of our masterpiece women and how they have made the choices that God's called them to do. And Dr. Hazim shared the other day on her podcast about how she um, bloomed where she was planted. She went through college after college, all these years and years and years of study to become a chiropractor, became a chiropractor her first summer after graduation. She meets her husband, they get married. She never practices because God called her to something different. And now her children are grown and she sees all the fruit of it. And so oftentimes when he's asking us to make those choices, we don't understand why. And they're hard oftentimes to make those choices but he's asking us to choose. He's asking us to make the right decisions. Just like in chapter one, he was asking Pharaoh to make the right decisions. But what? Pharaoh was scared. He was scared that they were going to take over the country. And so he made these horrible choices and was trying to get other people to make those horrible choices with them. But the midwives stood strong. And we at Masterpiece Women are going to be just like the midwives, aren't we, ladies? We're going to stand strong and we're going to do what God's called us to do. And we're going to make those choices. So I'm going to encourage you today, make the choice that God has asked you to make. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time together. Thank you that you love us so much. Thank you, Father God, for showing us your miracles and your sovereignty and your power in your word, Lord. And even as we walk through Exodus, Lord, and all the miracles that you performed, all the incredible things that you performed so that your people would know who you are, Father. I pray, Father God, for miracles. I pray, Lord, for your sovereign hand over each one of us today. I pray, Father God, that we would make the choices that you've called us to make. Lord, I pray that we would be who you've called us to be on this planet and be the examples you've called us to be. In your name, Lord, we pray. Lord, show us, reveal to us what it is you'd have us to do in every step of our life, every area of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go make choices that God has called you to do and have a fabulous, fabulous day. And I'll see you in the next chapter, ladies. I love you and Jesus loves you so much.